pray, please. Heavenly Father, as I think of each one of these, as we call them out, and Father, we don't just call them out just to be calling. We want to remember them before your throne tonight. Each one of them has a case of their own, whatever the problem might be. We think of the little girl in, in the hospital right now, Lord, it's, it's just this uh, narcotics mess is going on. If you'll touch her body, dear Lord, we'll thank you for it. But all these others, Lord, if you'll touch them and answer their prayers and take care of their bodies, we'll praise and honor you for it. I do pray, Lord, for all these in rest homes and recovering in hospitals. Lord, if you let them know that you are always there with them. Bless them, we pray. We pray for our president. We pray for each one of these uh, victims of the hurricanes and storms. And Lord, I, we especially pray for our missionaries tonight that you'll give them whatever it takes that they might serve you there with on the field. We'll praise on you for it. Bless us tonight now as we study our word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was listening last night. Well, been listening several times. Uh, uh, I was trying to think of the missionary and he just went right out the window. Anyhow, he comes on the TV and he gives a clear, clear plan of God's salvation for anyone to ask the Lord to save him. And what troubles me sometimes is I'll listen to some of these preachers and they'll say, just pray this prayer and God will save your soul. Now, what you've got to be careful about in listening and following the instructions of people, just saying words will not save your soul. What, what saves your soul is making a commitment of your soul to the Lord. And ask Him, of course, Romans 10, 13, 10, uh, 9, plainly says that we've got to ask the Lord to save you. No doubt about that. But what I'm saying is just uh, quoting some words, just saying some words in prayer will not save your soul. It's a commitment to the Lord. Now I want to show you what I'm talking about. If you would please turn to Acts chapter 16. By the way, this is the only time in Scripture that I can find that God's plain plan of salvation is stated in such a clear way. Now, listen to Acts chapter 16 and verse 30 and verse 31. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now that's a tremendous question, and it's a plain question. What must anybody do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Now, also, we want to make very clear that the second verse here does not mean just because you live in the house with your dad and mother and they're saved that you're going to get saved. What this does, what it's talking about here is it's the same plan of salvation for anyone. If it's good for the daddy, it's good for the mother. If it's good for the mother and daddy, it's good for the children. The plan of salvation. 
Now, what is the plan of salvation? Jesus Christ came to this world, died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day. That's the gospel. That's the plan of God's salvation. Now, anybody that will believe that plan of salvation and ask God to save them, He will do it. It's just that simple. Now, notice too, this is not a private plan for one man or for one instance. There's only the only plan of God's salvation has ever been given is for all sinners. Notice what Peter said in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, that's Jesus, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remissions of sins. So it's through Jesus' name. Did you know the only way you can get to the Heavenly Father is through Jesus' name? And a lot of people think you can get to Jesus, to God the Father through Mary or to get the favor of Mary because she's the Father of God, which is not so. And it's made very plain throughout the Bible. I'm going to give you a number of verses. I wish if you don't, I know you can't write it down as I say them, but I wish you'd write the addresses down to them and listen to them. The number of verses in Scripture that say almost the same thing when it comes to God's plan of salvation. In Genesis 15, verse 6, saying to Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. What he's saying here, Abraham believed God, believed his word, believed his plan of salvation, and God counted his belief in that plan of salvation for his righteousness. Not by works, but because he believes what the Bible said. Now, John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 3, verse 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What it's saying in that simple verse is, if you lift Jesus up to the position that he rightly has, he's God. When you lift him up, and you look to him for salvation, he will save your soul. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.18 He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John 5.24 Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now, not only do I want you to see uh, the simple, the familiar, uh, how they tie together the plan of salvation, but what I also want you to see is that you can't lose your salvation, because you're passed from death unto life. Notice something else. 
John 6 verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. John 6 verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Notice the word hath here many times in these verses, which means right now we have salvation. Salvation is not in heaven. It's in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've got Jesus, you've got salvation now. Acts 13, verse 38 and 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the law of Moses. So the law does not save anybody. You're not justified or just though you never sinned by keeping the law. You're, you're justified by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 4 verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5 13. These things I were written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now all these verses, and many more like them in the Bible, all say the same thing. Now after reading them and studying very carefully, you can plainly see that God has many ways of expressing or saying the same thing about His salvation. God put the plan of salvation in so many ways or words simply because He wanted every man, woman, child to understand what must they do to be saved. It's simply this. Whosoever, that's anybody, these on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Now when God said, James 4 verse 8, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. He was simply meaning Whosoever will approach God with a trusting heart will receive, will receive salvation in believing. Now, I want to show you something. If you would turn over to Luke. Just back up a little bit to Luke chapter 15. And I want to begin reading verse 1. Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if you lose one of them, do it not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which needed no repentance. Now, the part that what I wanted to show you out of these verses is, repentance is taught in the Bible. Now, repentance is not a work that you can do. 
It's a work that God puts in your heart. And I, I can promise you this. If any man comes to, the, to before holy God and says, I want to go to your heaven, and they will not change their mind about their sins, they ain't going to make it. Because repentance is simply this. It's a change of mind. What God does in the Bible is give you, like I've read all these verses, He gives us a simple plan of God's salvation. And He says, now change your mind about your living. And here's what I was saying when I was talking about a while ago. Be careful about just repeating words. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Yeah, but wait a minute now. I come face to face with God in the Bible. He said, I'm your Savior. Believe on me and you shall be saved. Then i got to change my mind about the way I believed before and believe on Him and put all my trust on the Lord. Now, I've said this many times, and I, I say it very carefully. I don't want to blaspheme God by no means. But if I go to hell, it's God's fault. You know why? All my trust is in the Lord. Every bit of it. And Lord, it's up to you. I put all my trust in you. Just saying some words don't get it done. But saying words with that trust and with that repentance. Now listen to these verses again very carefully. He's talking about the lost sheep. And he's going after them. And then he comes down to verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. There is no just persons. There's none just or not one. Read Romans chapter 3. There's none good, not a one in the face of this earth. And so what you do, you read the Bible, you get God's plan of salvation, and you change your mind about God puts in your heart that conviction of the Holy Spirit, and He changes your mind to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in these verses, Jesus never took up for sinners and their sins. Jesus never said, you're all right like you are. No, He didn't. There's a little spark of divinity in all of you. No, He didn't. Jesus was plain in dealing with sinners' sins. He spake sharp and plain, yet He loved sinners and hated their sins. The Bible says all are sinners. But only those who recognize they are lost sinners need forgiveness. Only those in need come to Jesus and He can save any sinner to do so. I love Psalms 103, verse 8, 10, and verse 13. Listen to this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor uh, rewarded us according to our iniquities, like as a father pitieth his children. So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Amen. What I'm saying is, Jesus said, if you lift me up to the position that I ought to be and fear me, I'm God. I can put you in hell or I can take you to heaven. I can do with you whatever I want to. I'm God. When you put Jesus there where he's supposed to be, 
and you realize that He can save your soul and you put all your trust in Him, the Bible says He's gracious. Now, I've, met, I've dealt with many a person over these years that think that they've gone beyond God's grace. They've done some terrible things and they realize, hey, I'm in a terrible position. I don't know if God can save me. Can I give you something? And I want you to think about this very carefully. Did you know that there's no degrees in sin with God? Do you know what God does? He puts us all in the same basket. You think of the worst sinner in the world, and we're right there with Him in the same basket. S-I-N. Period. And God deals with all of us the same way. If you take a man, he, he, I had a man come forward, he told tell me what all he'd done, and I stopped him. I said, sir, I don't need to know. Tell it to the Lord. Amen. But at the same time, I said, God can forgive you. He forgive me. He can forgive you. I don't care what you've done. You know why? He's gracious and He's merciful. But what you got to do to honestly be saved and know it is change your mind about yourself. Ask God, Lord, do a miracle in my heart. That's the reason the Bible says He will give you a new heart. He never says He makes your heart over. He does not operate on your heart and do a little bit of operation on and do it, fix up the old heart you got. The Bible says He gives you a new heart. You know what? That's not talking about this ticker. That's talking about your mind. The heart of a man is all that he is. And God said, what you used to be, I'm going to make a new person out of you. And here's what I'm saying. Whether you know it or not, and I wouldn't want you to know all about me, but what I am saying is, I'm not the person I was before I got saved. God did a miracle in me. That's repentance. That's salvation. And when you get there, then the Bible says, all you have to do, sirs, and all your family and anybody else is called upon the name of the Lord and He'll save your soul. That's a clear plan of salvation. Amen? I'm glad I'm saved tonight. I really am. Stand with me, please. Father, I ask You in Jesus' name, use Your Word because it's all-powerful. And we do pray the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, upon the demons of hell is just attacking people, it seems like, through these drugs and things that's going on in the world today. And we pray to God that you'll liberate them and set them free. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, bless us tonight as your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.